0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to the Hoist of Colors podcast. I am Stephen Igo. Real to bring you our first commitment podcast in quite some time. As we are going to briefly break down the decision of Georgia grad transfer wide receiver Jalen Johnson to commit to ECU, we'll tell you why it's a big deal, maybe why it's not as big a deal as some are making it out to be. Why uh, Jalen Johnson, though, should be able to contribute to ECU. And we'll go inside the numbers a little bit at Georgia, what he did there. We've got a ton more reaction up on hoistacolors.net for our subscribers. So as always, if you want the most in-depth ECU football coverage, ECU recruiting coverage possible, sign up on hoistacolors.net. We'll continue to have breakdowns of commitments in the coming weeks. If ECU has anybody else from the Transfer Portal, as it looks like they'll have at least a visitor or two next weekend to close out. The month of January before the traditional sign-in date in February and they actually we going to have some visits this week but that was postponed due to the inclement weather in the forecast. All right let's get into Jalen Johnson 6'2", 190 pound receiver from Georgia and those that don't follow recruiting you've got two sides of this you got you got actually three sides you got the people who don't really follow recruiting, they just see a transfer commitment from the University of Georgia, so they automatically freak out and think is getting one of the best players in college football. You know, it's not quite to that extent. Uh, Jalen Johnson was a, definitely a contributor for Georgia, was one of their best special teams player, and also was in the wide receiver rotation. Uh, then you've got the people who follow recruiting, look at all the numbers and say, hey, this guy only caught five passes in four years at Georgia why should we be excited about him Uh, you know really the, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle and then you have your third crowd who is excited because you're adding a player from a program like Georgia who was a contributor at Georgia even though he was not a superstar there obviously he's leaving for a reason that reason is to play more which is an opportunity he sees at ECU so You've got kind of three camps. I think the majority of the people f- fall, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you're a pretty diehard ECU fan. You probably fall in the middle, which I think is the correct way to fall, which I'll get into. Um, you know, just because a transfer is coming from a, a high-profile school like Georgia doesn't mean he's going to be an automatic hit. I mean, we've seen ECU take transfers from Alabama. Nigel Not comes to mind. Uh, who was a complete bust. We've seen ECU take transfers from Clemson, who ended up being non-factor. So just because it's a high-profile school doesn't necessarily mean this is going to work out. But the thing I do really like about Jalen Johnson is he's not one of those guys who's going to come to ECU thinking he's better than everybody else, thinking he should be just handed a job because he's a former walk-on. He's the guy who in 2018 joined Georgia as an under-the-radar recruit, preferred walk-on, had to work his way up the ladder, kind of fits in the mold of a lot of ECU greats over the years in terms of really kind of exceeding expectations, being an overachiever, et cetera. So yeah, he's coming from a high profile school, but it's not like he he hasn't been taught the lesson of, hey, you need to bust your ass, you need to work hard to earn everything you get. If you're gonna make it as a walk-on in college football, you know, outside of maybe Alabama, probably the toughest place to make it is a Georgia where they're signing four- and five-star athletes every year. If you make it as a walk-on at Georgia, you can freaking play. Uh, You don't play as much special teams as he did. You don't play double-digit snaps in the season opener like Jalen Johnson did against Clemson if you didn't earn it. So you got a guy who earned his way on the national championship-winning Georgia Bulldogs roster, was uh, given a scholarship this past offseason, which, again, they don't hand out – scholarships uh, at Georgia every so often. I mean, they can pretty much take their pick of anybody in America that wants to play there. So you got a guy who can definitely play and, you know, he's, he's graduated this past fall. He's got his degree. He spent four years there. He just won a national championship. So from a team perspective, he's already reached the pinnacle of college football. You know, why stay at Georgia any longer? I saw a lot of people on Facebook, no surprise, Quite possibly the worst commenters, the dumbest commenters in uh, all of eternity. Question, why would this guy leave Georgia to come to ECU? He wants to play, and he's got an opportunity to play at ECU. Again, he's already graduated from Georgia. Uh, He won a championship there. There's nothing left for him to accomplish at Georgia. He's not going to be in the rotation there in terms of being a main guy at the wide wide receiver position, given all the youth and talent they're bringing in returning and continuing to bring in in their recruiting class so he wants to play somewhere else he finds that fit at ecu so how does he fit into ecu well ecu is losing its top two receivers in terms of receptions in tyler sneed the number one slot receiver obviously and audio matosha who at last check is not expected to return after kind of a breakthrough season at outside receiver so you're losing two starters You get a guy in Jalen Johnson who lined up in both the slot and at outside receiver at the University of Georgia. He played about two-thirds of his offensive snaps in the slot, played the other third out wide on the perimeter. So when I talked to Jalen earlier this week, he told me that ADCU sees him as a guy who could potentially play either spot and move around, do some different things. I think we'll have a better understanding of where exactly he'll line up more in spring practice. He's got kind of an outside receiver's body at 6'2", 190-plus pounds. But from talking to some people at Georgia, they say he's more quick than straight line fast, uh, toughness, physical. He kind of has a skill set, it sounds like, a more of a slot guy, even though he'd be a bigger slot guy. Um, but he does have the talent and the size to play outside if needed. So I think once the, the ECU coaching staff gets the opportunity, to really evaluate him on a day-in, day day-out basis in spring practice, that's when we'll have a much better understanding of, hey, how exactly does this guy fit into the ECU offense as he comes from Georgia? You know, the interesting thing about his time at Georgia is, according to Pro Football Focus, he was in a lot on running plays. He was only targeted seven times this past season on 55 passing plays. He made three catches for 29 yards, including a 21-yarder against Clemson. But he was used a lot as a blocker he was the second highest graded blocking receiver on georgia's roster this past season and as i talked to the people at georgia they said he's a very physical not only hard working but really tough receiver and that would seem to be in line with a very good blocker ecu at times has struggled to block on the perimeter there have been several runs whether it be keaton mitchell or rajah harris where they're one block away from breaking a big one so Obviously, you're bringing in Jalen Johnson to catch the football, to help out on special teams, to do some different things. But his ability to block on the on the perimeter, I think, will really help elevate ECU as well on the outside in that uh, in that realm. And then from a leadership perspective, you know, I look at the wide receiver room now. I don't really see any great player leadership. I mean, you lose Tyler Snead and Omotosho, you know, both guys who were kind of known for their work ethic. Leading by example. You do return a couple of fourth year guys and CJ Johnson and Josiah Hatfield, but, you know, per my sources from being out of practice, I don't really see CJ Johnson or Josiah Hatfield as guys who are going to step up as, you know, vocal leaders, as practice habit type leaders, uh, unless there's a, you know, continued maturity on both their parts. So you bring in a guy and Jalen Johnson who's, again, worked his way up as a walk on at a premier program, knows what it takes to succeed at the highest level, even if he comes in and he doesn't play a lot, I think his presence is going to do a lot for the receiver room, similar to what Chris Willis did coming from Appalachian State as a one-year transfer a couple years ago on the defensive line. So uh, I'm a fan of this move. I know that statistically maybe he doesn't like the word on fire or on paper, but if you look at the numbers and you look at the situation itself, I think Jalen Johnson's a very good addition at a position of need for East Carolina. And the most important part, which we haven't really hit on, he'll start classes on Monday. He'll get in a semester early for this spring. We talked about it a little bit earlier that him going through spring will be big to see kind of where he fits. But I don't think you make this move for East Carolina if you can't get him in for spring practice. So uh, credit to the ECU Athletic Department and the ECU Admissions for working behind the scenes to get him into school even a little bit after the semester had started because with him entering the portal after the national championship game, he basically entered the portal after ECU semester already started. So this had to happen quick. Uh, He got in touch with the ECU GA, who used to be at Georgia, and then things kind of moved quickly from there as the Georgia native. He's from just outside of Atlanta, Peachtree Ridge High School, uh, ends up continuing his college career at ECU. He's got two years of eligibility remaining. And I think he's a good addition, not only short-term, but also long-term in terms of being a guy who's going to contribute at the receiver position. Do I think he's going to be a superstar? Probably not, but I do think he's going to be a guy that can come in, step in, and play right away. You know, I kind of equate it to, you know, you're getting a reserve from Georgia, and, you know, just because he didn't make a lot of catches doesn't mean he didn't play. You know, again, he played 146 snaps, for a national championship winning team on offense he played 117 snaps on special teams he played in the national championship game i mean all that is big time experience and how many receivers on east carolina's roster would play 100 plus offensive snaps at the university of georgia i don't know if there is one so you're getting a guy who's probably going to be one of the more talented slash experienced guys in the receiver room upon arrival i think it's a good move for ecu and i don't think it it rules out another move down the line if you go through spring practice or if another guy pops up before then that's a better fit but if you go through spring practice and it's apparent Jalen Johnson is not going to be maybe the difference maker or starting potential player you thought he was going to be or he gets hurt or somebody else gets hurt knock on wood hopefully that doesn't happen then you still have the post spring ball wave of transfers that's going to happen across college football And you can add another receiver then. So I think this is a good first step for the offense in terms of adding another transfer. Of course, they've already added Parker Moore from West Virginia, the offensive tackle. And then they've got another offensive lineman in their sights set to visit at the end of January. So if you can continue to upgrade the offensive line and their receiver position, given all this coming back, obviously at quarterback with Holton Naylor's making the decision to return, at running back with Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris, tied in with Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun, Aaron Jarman. And on the defensive side, so many guys returned with experience, and they're continuing to add some guys there, like Jack Powers from Nevada to play on the edge. So this roster continues to evolve, and I think we're still going to see maybe two, three, four, potentially even a handful more additions before the start of of next year. I think this this staff will go through a spring ball, kind of see where everybody sits at a key position of need. Let's Say cornerback, you lose Jaquan McMillan. Maybe you go through a spring ball and say, let's give these young guys number one reps, see how they stack up against Jalen Johnson, against CJ Johnson, against Josiah Hatfield for a full spring. If you don't like what you see, then you can go to the portal, maybe try and find another corner to kind of offset the loss of McMillan or another receiver to help offset the loss of Snead. So I think still some moves to come, but the addition of Jalen Johnson is a good one for the ECU football team uh, for the short term. And most importantly, getting him in for spring ball and kind of helping shoring up that position, getting him in, learning the offense, etc., gives you another weapon, another person to evaluate in the coming months. So uh, I think a, a pretty good step for the pirates as far as uh, the transfer portal again not a guy who's posted a thousand yard receiving seasons before but those guys are few and far between in the portal they're going uh to georgia they're not leaving georgia they're going to a, a premier sec school premier school period so uh, i think it's a, a solid pickup and, and under the radar pickup won't make many national headlines but i think could pay off for the ecu football team all right that'll do it for this short edition of the podcast again We've got continued coverage on ECU football recruiting. We'll have a lot more in the coming days leading into next week as weather is kind of wreaked havoc on this weekend. But heading into next week, the Pirates are expected to host a pretty big junior day for Class of 2023 recruits next weekend. And then there should be some official visits, at least one if not multiple, next weekend going into the February, early February sign-in date, which is the traditional sign-in day after the uh, December sign of day, of course. but um, so hopefully there will be a couple of more transfers that sign with ECU football that will be announced in early February. Either way, we'll have all the scoop on the recruiting front and then spring practice starts in March. So man, it's, uh, it's the off season, but it never really stops. And again, more basketball coverage, more baseball coverage, baseball season around the corner as well. We've got Media Day on monday so we'll be bringing you content from that all right that'll do it for this short edition of the hoisted colors podcast appreciate you guys listening we'll talk to you next time